Hello, everybody. It's Timmy Gibson here in studio with one of my good friends, Kenton Turpin, a life coach, plumber. Like, I mean, you're like a do a bunch of father, a bunch of stuff, right? I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. You're pretty handy or handsy. That's <laughs> what she told me. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, welcome to the studio. Glad you're here. Uh, super excited to kind of share your life's journey with those that listen to the podcast. And so we've had a lot of great conversations since we've met. And finally, we're getting to do this on the podcast. So Kenton, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and kind of give a little snapshot snapshot of your story and your life? Which story do you want to hear? The, the How about the religious version? No, the I'm religious? <laughs> Well, the rated uh, X version. That's the version. Well, that's we my want. religious yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah. Kenton Turpin. Uh, uh, but no, seriously, what story? Um, so your spiritual journey, my spiritual like where, journey, yeah, where you can't kind of came from okay. a little bit about your family background and that dynamic. Well, yeah, I, I grew up in a household where there wasn't really religion, you know, I remember going to a Baptist, Southern Baptist church when I was young, being in the play. And that's about the only thing I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was just something that we did occasionally. So that, it wasn't even every Christmas and Easter. No, no. We, uh, we would go, we would go see the resurrection story, yeah. um, at, uh, aunt's church. Okay. And that was about it. I mean, Christmas was family you yeah. know, and, all the holidays were about family visiting over at my grandparents' house, but so it's safe to say you were raised in a non-religious home. Yeah, I mean, religion is pretty much lived by the golden rule, like right. just treat others well, and and that's about it. Like yeah. we would only, well, we didn't ever, we rarely had dinner table dinners, but when we would go to my grandparents, there's prayer and stuff like oh, that okay. before dinner. But it was never like my, even my grandparents weren't churchgoers. Okay. So, um, on my mom's side, my grandmother on my dad's side, she would go, but she never really talked about it or anything like that. And so clearly there was some kind of a, not really spoken of, but an understood there's a God maybe kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of God damn it. You right. know, yeah, I knew yeah. he existed because of that. But, <laughs> That's the uh, prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, no, there was no, there was no pressure or anything. I remember high school, young life, oh, yeah? um, a bunch of, uh, you know, I would go to young life nights just to more socialize than sure. to listen to the Bible. Um, but I remember like in high school, all the girls started carrying around their student Bibles and, you know, <laughs> while smoking cigarettes in the <laughs> bathroom and weed and <laughs> just like, it, okay you know to each their own whatever right. it is not everybody was like that of course sure but, sure um i just I, I don't know i've always prided myself on curiosity and thinking and just i've all it, it's always been a question like yeah. what is god who is it is what's the bible what makes it you know in this society what makes it the law right whereas in other countries there's a different law around who god is right and, um, yeah. And then, and when I went into college, it was, you know, of course, 20, 18, 20 year old, you know, atheism was cool. 
Yeah. And so, of course, I was an atheist and, you know, I was a brilliant thinker and brilliant mind. So (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. (laughs) It's just, uh, you know, religion is a creation to control. Right. Right. You know, and to understand things. And, you know, I'm sure this has been talked about in many books, but um, are around many campfires, you know, that, you know, the only thing that we can't really explain right now is life and the af- afterlife. Right. You know, how, you know, science can tell us, of course, how babies are born. But to me, then it was like, those are the only things. So that's what religion is about now. It's yeah. just about life and afterlife. Yeah. And so trying to make sense of things that we have no idea. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Absolutely. Like we don't, we don't know. So, you know, we prayed to the gods for rain and for crops and then God answered our prayers or he didn't. And right. then when we figured out things and science came along and could explain a lot, yeah, we kind of gave up those gods and yeah. retired them. So for me, it, especially then it was just like, you know, this is a joke. God's a joke. There's no real God. Right. But my real turning point was the birth of my daughter. Like, Holy shit. Like, <laughs> say maybe this is isn't a- an accident, yeah. you know, and, and how beautiful like the birthing process is yeah. and how magical it all comes. And so that's, and I've always said like church is nature. Like, when I go out camping or go on a float trip and I'm surrounded by that piece, you know, depending on when I go floating (laughs) Labor Day weekends, not the best time to connect with God on the, (laughs) on the river. But, um, but yeah, just that quiet stillness of everything. And that's where I feel small. Yeah. And that I am not as important as I can think I am. Yeah. And it just, that smallness makes me realize that there's something greater. Sure. And so, yeah, one of the things I've always appreciated about you, Kenton, just in my, my personal journey is your, you don't have the toxic, um, right and wrong. Got to do this to get beloved by God. And if you do this, you're going to hell. And that's just not a part of you because you weren't raised that way. And it's been helpful for me because I'm trying to work out of the, this is right behavior and this is bad behavior. When you do bad, you feel bad. When you do good, you feel good. And, you know, it's this constant fucking match of ping pong, you know, yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. I did that. Oh my God. And, and, you know, I'm not good enough for God. I can't do it. And, you know, you said this to me early on when we were talking about this topic and you said, no, it just is. It just is. And, and you know, hopefully we can learn from our d- choices. Uh, but it, it's been so helpful because like every time, like I'll talk to you and we'll be talking and my, you know, the way my brain has been taught, like I'm thinking something and then you'll say something and I'm thinking, that's right. He doesn't have the toxic <laughs> religious upbringing that, that I have. And it's been a lot of unwinding. And it's been a neat journey for me to realize that not everybody was taught and, and I say this in a, in a good way, but just brainwashed to believe certain things. And so I'm having to kind of unwind what I would consider more the, 
not me <laughs> or unhealthy, whatever, whatever label you give it. Right. I'm trying to unwind that shit and weave something more beautiful together. Yeah. And so in you sharing that, what came up for me, and this is going to be my ego, right? And a lot of the things that I've been leaning into and listening and reading lately is like, I have all that brainwash shit in my head too, but <laughs> society has brainwashed me to be not worthy, not enough. And so that's the battle that I face is yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily God that I'm trying to live up to. It's the standards of what, you know, the expectations of what I've been led to believe yeah. are for me. And so with, if, if I look at myself as the creator of my life, then, then I am in a sense, God, right? right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, a sense of God through my life. So then that's where the self-judgment comes in and the beat up and all this stuff is, you know, right and wrong. Yes. It's, it's easy for me to tell you as an outsider that let that shit go, but I still (laughs) battle with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it's a, it's a construct of, it's a control, right? Like this is right. This is wrong. Or you're going to heaven or hell. And you know, for me, who says that there is a heaven and hell. So yeah. Do my best life treat others the best way I can, not always perfectly, sure. but be open to new experiences. And that's, that's what really was the catalyst. And I owe it to, and full transparency, I've been married twice. Um, my first wife, we met in college and she really opened my eyes to like the way I grew up. I grew up in Raytown, which is a suburb here of Kansas city. Back then, it was very blue collar. Mm-hmm. It was very racist. Yes. I mean, it had a long history of being <laughs> a racist city, town. And so I grew up with those ideals. And it's like, you know, I took them with me to college. And then I had a wider diversity of people and still not a huge diversity, but, you know, but I had people from different parts that could tell me, like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Like, where did you pick that up? And I'm like, it's just what was taught, you know? And yeah. so having to unlearn takes time, takes patience, takes people that love you yeah, and that are willing to walk that journey with you and that see something better in you. And like that's in grade school. I remember a teacher saying that I was very <clears throat> curious. Um, what's the word for curious that I can't think of right now? Inquisitive. inquisitive. Yes. I was very inquisitive. And so of course I go home and, get curious about what it is and you know i'm told and somewhere along the line i think you know i lost that yeah like i stopped being curious and stopped questioning things because you know our the schools don't reward you questioning what they teach and in a lot of senses life doesn't reward you for questioning and i would i would argue for you in your upbringing the church your family all that they didn't reward you for being curious. No. Um, I went to a church recent, not recently, but for a little bit and met a guy there and he was like, curiosity is what God welcomes. Like he wants you to question everything and you become a better, a better servant to him in in that curiosity. I don't know if I agree with that, (laughs) but you know, it sounded good, but I don't know. It's, 
my curiosity is what leads me now. Like, yeah, you know, the teaching today of, of like, you know, one man's battles and like the Job story, like right. he battled, you know, and that's the stuff I want to know. That's yeah. what I'm really curious about. You can be a success on your ivory tower and I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care that story. I want to know what hell you went through to climb that ivory tower. Yeah. And I, and I don't even want to say ivory tower because, but just the ladder that you climbed for success yeah. because you know, that's where the learning is. The learning yeah. isn't that I woke up one day and I'm a success because no story out. is, no story is complete with that. Right. And no story is just up and to the right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I want to know all the shit. And when you're open to, when, when people are open to that discussion, that's where the true connection really hits is yeah. like, I, I made a post last night, actually, with a wonderful quote that I came up with while talking to another, another guy. And I always have the, I like to be in the deep end of the pool. I, I, I love deep conversations, but I also like to have fun and play. And in that, I was like, I will not play with you in the shallow end of the pool until I can trust you in the deep end. Yeah. And that's just how I'm wired. Like it's hard for me to interact with a lot of people because they want to stay on the surface and, and just play and bullshit you and lie to you. And I, I feel like I, I have a sense about me that I know. No, yeah. <laughs> just no, <laughs> I can't. let's, let's tell me about you get vulnerable with me. And, yeah. and luckily right now I'm in a space of people that, see that gift in me that, that I make people comfortable and I can have, I can help people open up. Yeah. And I'm learning to trust that. And it's, yeah, I'm, I don't, what was the question? Yeah. This, so this well, is where I well, started. That leads me into, that's funny. What, that, uh, cause that's my yeah, story. to me, you are a safe person. Like, I feel like I could tell you anything. Um, so tell me, Tim, yeah, tell so, me anything. So there was this one time in college, Kenton. <laughs> no butt stuff. That I, I wasn't sure <laughs> if I would like it. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, the 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 curiosity piece is what has inspired my new journey, I guess, my my second my second life is this whole idea of maybe like you know, for me as as my religious views began to unravel and then I became, um, more, uh, inquisitive as well. But also I was looking at things critically and not like critical, but just looking at things critically going, okay, wait a minute. I've been in church all my life. People in the church and the people I know out of the church are the fucking same. They're the same. Like the people in the church lie, still cheat, all that. Mm. People out of the church lie, still cheat. People in the church have addictions. People out of the church have addictions. People in the, they're the same. And which goes back to the right and wrong thing. And I thought, now, wait a minute. If the, if the church or religion or what you believed about God mattered so much that if you were believing correctly, your life should be better. Like it should reflect that it's better because 
you're a church attendance or whatever. Right. And it just became clear to me that no, it's everybody's the same. We're all trying to figure shit out. And because I had a superiority mindset. I mean, I did, I was in church and so I was the saved, mm -hmm. right? I was the one going to heaven and you were leading the saved yes, people. I was leading the saved and I had the truth for those that didn't have the truth. You know, it was like this very, um, and it wasn't quite that grandiose in my mind, but, but the more I really analyzed it, I thought, well, wait a minute. How is it that I feel like I have the corner market on shit that nobody knows? Yeah. And that was the struggle I had with religion in particular. And I'm, I'm in a much better place. You, you helped me through that process, which we'll <laughs> talk about later. Um, you know, cause I was really bitter towards the religion and church for a while. And I had to really work through that because it just, and how I word it, this isn't how I necessarily feel now, but it was like it poisoned a, a part of my life experience because of the way I was trying to do the right thing so that God would love me and so that I would have the blessings, you know. And then it was the weirdest thing as I started becoming not religious and even looked over the fence at atheism, like maybe, what about that? that the blessings were abounding. Like I was being blessed and things were happening and my business was growing, <laughs> which was completely counter to what I was taught. I was taught that the, the, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, meaning you do the right thing. Like God wants you to do according to Christian theology, that things would work out. Well, I realized like I'm doing good stuff and sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. And then I'm now doing me doing me, you know, whatever that is and blessings are coming and life is still normal. It's like, wow. Like that, all those ideas were all in my head. It wasn't real. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And so one of my mentors always talked about congruency, like you're in congruency or you're out of yeah. congruency and do your inside actions match your outside actions. Mm. And so my question through all that was like, when you were up there leading people, was there a sense of this is total bullshit? Like, it, was, it was incongruent. I don't know what I'm leading these people to from. Yeah. And I don't have the answers. Was, yes. was that, was all yes. that going on? Yeah. All that was going on in my head because I remember talking about things with such, such certainty that you can't be certain about something that's uh, you can't be certain about, you know, like, is there a heaven? I would have said way back when, absolutely. It's a fact. Like it's, a, you know, well, as I became more curious and realized that, Oh wait, like heaven was, is a fabrication. Like it's something that humans made up. You possibly. Know? Possibly. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's and and, and nobody knows it's a, it's, that's a matter of faith. So when, so what's funny is I un, kind of unwound everything, got, got rid of everything. And now I come back and I would say, yes, maybe heaven, maybe not. I don't know. I'm okay. If it does exist, I'm okay. If it doesn't exist, but it's a matter of faith and I'm okay with faith where I really struggled was the, the such certainty mm -hmm. about the afterlife or certainty with what happens. And so, because nobody knows. And then my argument would have been back in the day. Well, well, the Bible says, 
Well, that's awfully convenient. <laughs> you know, it gets into the circular reason. How do we know the Bible's true? Because the Bible says it's true. Yeah. Well, how, you know, and it just, and so it's hard to, it was hard for me. I, it really took a while to bust through that barrier to then even look at the Bible and go, ah, eh, I mean, people wrote it like specifically guys, like yeah. men. Right. So, and it's got some squirrely shit in it. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is I've read it multiple times. Right. So I, I know the squirrely shit in it. I've read it and you can't powder sh sugarcoat it. You know, you can't, overlook that no it clearly promotes slavery it clearly promotes the degradation of women and the exaltation of men mm -hmm. like there's things in that like it clearly women were property that's so clear in the bible but you're, somehow, you're selling me on this right, i'm yeah. on board <laughs> i kind of like where this is going um, that's, all that's the one thing I, I know i say that to to often females <laughs> sometimes i'll say well, now that part, women should be submissive. I, now that part, I still believe in. <laughs> but you know, it's those it's those kinds of things that that as a Christian, right? I just I overlooked it, or I picked that part out. But then I left in, you know, the stuff that served me, or I felt like served me, or yeah. you know. Well, and the thing that I go back to is, what if what if it was all wrong? Right? Would I, I would question. I be destroyed by that? And my answer clearly is no, right, <laughs> I wouldn't right. be destroyed. And in asking that about God and religion and the Bible, it goes back, it, it just blossoms out into everything else. Yeah. What if I'm wrong about the sky being blue? Yeah. You know, would I be able to go on and continue my life? I love that question. Yes, I would be. And to hold on and that, you know, talking religion and of course we can bring in politics but uh, absolutely when when people hold their identity so true to something outside of their outside of their control and if that gets blemished in some way and then that blemishes them that's not a good thing like i don't believe in in hanging my hat on anything other than me yeah and even that I question sometimes, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, what what do I hold so true? Is that true? a safe bet? <laughs> what do I hold so true that I will hang it even on my own head? Right. Um, but that's what floors me is like, why I am in search of a truth, whatever that truth is. And and I I feel like I found it. Sure. I feel like it's inside me. I haven't been able to put it to words or yeah. But what and that's what a lot for me in my experience a lot of arguments a lot of wars is who's right and who cares right like in the end of the day doesn't matter who's right yeah you know it only feeds our ego right and you know that's that that's a monster that's the wolf whatever the yeah. good and bad you know you know, are you feeding the right one internally? Right. And well, the, that question has really liberated me. It's a question I ask a lot. What if it's wrong? And I think I may have posted this, but what, what if beyond a shadow of a doubt, science or archeology span proved that, you know, the story of Jesus or the Bible was false, like undeniable. It was a undeniable fact that the Bible's not 
true. Mm -hmm. How would that impact you? And some people, Kenton, it would destroy them, right? Yeah, it would destroy the fabric of time and oh, space. It would. It would just <laughs> it would unravel their very life. And and like you, I share in now, now I'd be like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Interesting. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't matter at all. Couldn't say that, you know, years ago. Yeah. Couldn't, well, couldn't and I would that. even say it's not that it wouldn't bother me. Sure. But it's like, okay, so that's not true. Right. There's going to be some reconciliation that goes along with it, but okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just take that deep breath and yeah. move forward. Cause what, what, and that was the thing. Like, I don't need a, a book to tell me to do right things or yeah. do things. And I won't even say that that make me feel good. Right. It, it doesn't make me feel good to shoplift. Right. It doesn't make me feel good to have an affair. Right. And you know, maybe I've got a good moral compass, but you know, I have, I have strayed from that compass a sure. lot of times in my life. Sure. And another mentor of mine, you know, brought up, you know, what if all the mistakes we made aren't there to teach us who we aren't or aren't there to teach us who we are, but they're there to teach us who we are not. Oh, and man. I was like, wow, that is, I can stop judging myself That's so harshly for the shit and mistakes that I've made and the people I've hurt along the, on the way, the people that have hurt me along the way and use that as a lesson of, okay, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm not that person, Yeah, but I'm this one and tomorrow I'll be a different person and yeah. just keep moving forward and growing and expanding. You know, I had a friend ask me a few months ago now, like, when are you going to be done growing? When are you going to realize that you're enough? And I'm like, I'm, I, I'm on the journey to realize that I am enough. Right. And even when I know I'm enough, there's still more to learn. Absolutely. And so, you know, I wasn't in a position to where I really wanted to ask him, but I was like, why isn't, why do you feel you're enough already? Like, why do you feel that you're, you're complete? Not that he's not enough. Sure. Why is, why does he feel like he's complete? And, you know, I didn't ask it. I, no. I wasn't brave enough in the moment to ask him, but you know, that, that I don't feel complete. Yeah. Um, in my journey. And, yeah, I don't know. I, for me, I, I, the, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say that now yeah. that's a quote, it's just a saying, but the, the things that I thought I was so certain of and understood, or I thought I understood, I still find lots of peace in my new journey and in the evolution of who I am of self-discovery and gosh, I don't, and, and I don't know this, but I feel like our entire journey is all about learning and growing and developing. You know, I don't think you ever reach a plateau of, ha ha, I'm fucking there, man. Yeah. Like I'm there, you well, know? <laughs> and when you do, you quickly find out that your you feet will there. be taken right out from underneath you <laughs> right well even the bible teaches the pride cometh before a fall you know just when you think ah. i'm the shit you get shit thrown in your face <laughs> and you're like damn it you know yeah 
that's why they say a lot of times the wisest of people, you know, are are so typically very humble because they they've lived enough life to know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, which, I know a couple things, but which shows how wise we are because we're sitting here talking and talking. <laughs> We're still young. We know some shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Well, we're like 85. We'll be like, all right. Uh, I don't know. No, we'll just, we'll just sit there and look at each other. And, yep. And just keep smoking yep. the cigars. <laughs> well, I think that, um, I just really uh, appreciate, you know, your perspective and your view. Um, cause it, like I said, it's been helpful for me personally in, in trying to, uh, be okay with, with uncertainty, you know, to be, it's okay to not know. And, and for whatever reason, I, it wasn't okay. And I can't blame, you know, now I'm kind of past this part of my life, but I can't really blame religion, but that's how I took it. You know, Mm -hmm. what I was taught in, in the particular religion that I was raised in Christianity, especially Pentecostal, it was very like, God was definitely in a box. Like there was definitely like, here's the things and do these and you'll be blessed, you know, and, and don't do these things. And right. So it was very, very nicely packaged, you know, but it was so, you know, it's funny because we would often teach it's not by works, lest any man can boast, but that's all it is. It's do good and it's good, do bad. And it's bad. Well, that's fucking works. That's it. Right. I mean, there's no way you can, that's what it is. And I realized that, you know, Jesus, the story of Jesus was that he sacrificed him his life freely. And, you know, you don't have to like pay for that, but you still have to say the right things with your mouth and believe in your heart and do this and that to actually get that to be a part of your real life. All right. And we're back. So let's, let's lighten up the conversation and talk about dating because you and I are single. We're single men out there in the world navigating. Do you do online dating? Not anymore. I got <laughs> off of it. You said, fuck that <laughs> shit. Well, I'm just curious though. What was your experience on there? Some good, some bad? Like what? What? Oh, it taught me that I fucking am not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it taught me that I should be ashamed of everything that I believe in. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, <laughs> You're like, you taught me I need better fucking pictures. <laughs> validated my two divorces. <laughs> um, oh no, it God. just, it, nobody takes it seriously. I mean, again, my experience, like, fuck. Yes, I believe in chemistry. Yes, I believe in all that, but I, I don't believe in instant. Right. And maybe because it's never happened to me, but sure. It's, you know, one date, I'm nice to the wait staff because I believe in being nice to people. <laughs> I'm respectful. You know, everything that people say, what do they want to see? Right. And, you know, then it's still nothing. You know, yeah. it, 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 I got off of it, off of all the sites because it wasn't, it was no longer serving me. It was actually hurting my self-esteem. Yeah. And my growth, because I know I'm more than that. Sure. And, you know, I pigeonhole people just like I feel I'm pigeonholed. Like, 
looking at profiles, you know, you're swiping left and right and purely off of beauty first. Sure. And then once you, once I start to slow down and like, okay, I see, I see, I see beauty in this picture. Yeah. Let me see more about, oh, I'm not reading beauty in this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, and I, I am one that reads most profiles. Like if yeah, I see too. an attraction there, I'll read the profile or sometimes even I'll read a profile and then I'll see a picture. But yeah, it's just people craving these connections, but afraid to connect. Yeah. And I realized the same was being true about me. I wanted a connection, but you know, I was using it to get, to try and get laid, yeah. you know, it wasn't working a hundred percent of the time. And I always felt guilty about that too, because like, this isn't what my heart desires. Like, right. And so I, I shut it down because it was being too much of a distraction in the growth that I'm doing outside. And I, I joined a six week elite men's mindset group. And so we were challenged to give up vices. And so forgive me, but I gave up masturbation Wow! and, and pornography. Yeah. And in that process of, of doing that, I realized I was swiping and getting aroused by it. Interesting. And I was like, fuck, I'm this, I'm this spiritual as fuck enlightened guy. Right. right. No, <laughs> more enlightened than most. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I am so much objectifying women just by looking at these profile pictures. I'm like getting aroused in a way. Yeah. And it's like this fuck, this is not healthy for me. Yeah. Like I, I love and respect women, but yet my actions aren't showing that right now. Yeah. So I got off of it and quite honestly, like it, I've, tried quitting them before yeah and it was difficult but for whatever reason now it's been easy that's it's good. been easy to say like that's not fulfilling i'm not i'm not gaining from that and it goes back like i'm willing to try and experiment on a lot of things sure for whatever reason i decided to stop drinking this year i i would drink once a week at volleyball and i'd have two or three rum and Cokes, one to three rum and Cokes and go home. I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be off. I wouldn't really be hung over, but I'd be off. And I was like, this isn't serving me. Yeah. And then when I would go out and, and, you know, get drunk, then I really like, I was, I'm not in college anymore. I can't rebound and, you know, oh my a God. few hours of sleep. I've got to have a the whole weekend to recover. So it was like, all right, I'm just going to give this up. And then you and I were at an event on Friday for your birthday. Yeah. And that was my first test yeah. in four and a half months um, of going out and being social without a drink in my hand. Yeah. And there was a lot of anxiety from that. Yeah. But I'm getting off the, it worked. Yeah. I didn't have a drink. Yay for me. Pat yeah. on the back. But I'm getting off subject. Dating. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And, you know, it is what we make of it. Sure. And I've made it suck. Sure. <laughs> now, do you do you experience so like you? I'll get online and then I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing? This is stupid." Not only that, it, it I find it sometimes 
it, it addictive. Like it's like you, you get to swiping around and do it. I don't know. It, as you explain, same for me. It's just like, you know what? This isn't really serving me. I'd rather just meet people organically. Uh, of course, COVID, you know, fucked everything up. You know, yeah. it, it was kind of like, how else are you going to meet people <laughs> unless you meet them through social media or online dating? Um, I think now that that's changing. And, you know, my birthday party was also kind of like a singles event too. Yeah. Or not like it was a singles event. Um, that's what I would prefer, right? I prefer in person meeting someone. I can talk to them. I can get their vibe or at least a sense of their vibe with yeah. the meeting. But online, yeah, yeah, you're just looking at a fucking filtered picture, you know, and especially when women, and I'm sure guys do it too, but, you know, the the, the filters, like yeah. the dog ears and the fucking button noses, like, yeah, you look cute, but you're not going to show up to a date like that. <laughs> I wish you would. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you treat them right, they'll have that glow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, and hopefully puppy ears are, yeah. you know won't pop out but that would scare me but yeah no yeah people don't and that's one thing and 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 i do cultivate my life on social media to look better than it is sure but i also think there's enough of my i think my filter is whatever wide enough that it's it's letting a lot of the ugly parts come through too because to me that's real and I want to be with a real person like that that has the mistakes and doesn't have to be appear to be perfect all the time because it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. And it's so exhausting for me to try to pretend that way. And yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I got away from like dinner dates a long time ago because it's like I'm gonna go broke having these encounters yeah. and and so it turned into coffees and you know tea for me but it just and i prefer that i i prefer it too because there's less there's less investment involved so if 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 we don't talk to each other again at least for me it doesn't hurt as bad yeah and i i've got a very busy schedule you know i i do plumbing work in the day come home and do coaching work at night. Um, I have a daughter that requires, she doesn't require a lot of my attention, but I choose to give her a lot of attention. And so all that combined leads up to a lifestyle that is not really conducive to dating a lot. And so, you know, and we talked about this briefly, like I've got to be okay with that. Yep. And I'm learning to be okay with like, not having that expectation, I guess, of what my life's supposed to look like right now. Sure, sure. And that has been flipped upside down multiple times. And it's like, I don't know which way's up, down, or if there even exists an up <laughs> or down. But um, yeah, just letting go of that control, which is very difficult for me. I am, yeah. I'd like control. I like, to a certain extent, I like certainty. Yeah. To a certain extent, I like certainty. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I I have a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine that we have really good conversations, in my opinion, about sex and relationships. And I was telling her one day, you know, because she asked me, what am I looking for? And I said, honestly, 
like a monogamous friends with benefits. Like, yeah. And she said, yeah, there's a term for that. Yeah. Lats. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Living alone together. Oh. And so I was like, oh, oh, tell me more. And basically it's a committed relationship where you don't intertwine every fucking thing in your life together. So it is a, my understanding, and I'm sure it's more complex, but my base level understanding is it's friends with benefits that you're, you're not worried about anymore. Yeah. You're monogamous with, right? So it's not just meeting up for sex, right? Cause I've had that relationship. Yeah. And the one time she spent the night is when I started getting feelings. Like every other time when she left, it was like, it was transactional. Right. We both got what we wanted. Yeah. She spent the night and I was woke up the next morning. I was a little, I was slightly irritated that she was still there, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I really enjoyed that. You know, I enjoyed that. She was here all night with me. Yeah. And then she found a, a boyfriend uh, <laughs> and, and then and we have done that before yeah so but the first time she just disappeared she ghosted me and then found out like she got a boyfriend and was seeing him exclusively and i'm like that's fine don't treat me like shit yeah <laughs> you yeah. know let me know yeah um and so she did this time around and it really fucking stung for because and i think that was it it was that spending the night yeah but the living alone together, you have your own life. And like with my busy schedule, like I can only dedicate every other weekend yeah. and maybe one night a week outside of that. And I can't even give you a full night. It's just like maybe dinner or yeah. something. So it's hard to find women that are okay with that are that are confident enough in their own life that they can go on living and talk daily. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to talk daily. I want to not be disconnected. Sure. But I want like that understanding that we can only see each other, you know, on that weekend. Yeah. And, and right now, like I wouldn't want to spend that entire weekend with them. Right. But grow into that and it's yes. going to take time and effort and all that stuff. But there's so much of this. We've got to instantly connect. We've got to intertwine our family and friends all together, post on Facebook that we're, we're together and all this other shit. That's like, <sighs> when it fails, that's why it hurts so much more is because you've done, you've done all the back work first. And it's like, no, and I can't, I think I came up with this on one singles thing, like green, yellow, and red lights, like yeah. green. I know I'll start with red because red is important. Like yeah. you don't feel it at all with them. Yeah. Leave. Right. Get out the door. Green light to me is lust. Like when, when you, when we walk into a room together and it's both of us are green to me, that's lust. Yeah. It's like, let's go fuck yeah. and get it over with that yellow light area is where I like to play in now where it's like that neutral feeling. Like it didn't go bad, but it didn't go good. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to learn more. And I think that to me is where a real relationship's going to build. And it doesn't sound sexy or flattering or yeah. I'm going to tell the grandkids, 
yeah, you know, I really felt neutral about her when I first met her. You know, I just gave not, it a chance. It's not ro- a romantic story, but you know, I, I'm a, I'm starting to believe in arranged marriages because they're agreements, and you make an agreement work, make a commitment, and people are fucking disposable yeah. right now. I mean, everything in this world is disposable, and quick fixes don't solve anything. Yeah, like a broken arm, you can't heal it with a band aid. Yep. can't pour some Robitussin on it and make it all right. <laughs> and we're all so broken. You said make this light and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of who you are. I love it. Right. So, this is the deep end of the pool it that is. I play in. It, so part of that, which I knew that we'd go into this, is well, I can tell personally. So personally for me, when I first went into this journey, it was very dark. It was very lonely. You know, I left a home with, a, you know, a wife, two dogs, a cat, and a teenage son to live in the basement, no window room of an Airbnb. Yeah. And it was dark. It was lonely. It was sad. You know, I went through a lot of grief and which led me down the road of a lot of therapy and breath work and all that stuff, which took me down that whole journey. And the, the, and the part that I'm getting to that I'm curious where, how you worked through this, the lonely part, it's, it's wild. There was a lot of loneliness initially, at least that's what I thought or felt like it was, but I think it was a little bit more grief to be honest. I think it was more grief because I, I, at least for me, I took a test the other day, this online test and so it you know confirmed, it's so it's for sure. Uh, and, and it was funny because I, I was like, ah, this is bullshit, right? But I took the whole test and then it came back with the results of based upon what I said, what, what I was like, well, fucking hey, interesting, you know, said I was a perfectionist, which I knew that it said that I'm a little bit of a loner. Um, it, and there were certain things that it said. And I thought, interesting, because for me, um, I loved the event Friday, my birthday party. It was, it was really fun. And I, my heart was so full of just all my friends and everybody there and, and just the mixer too, and all that. And then, you know, Saturday night, you know, I had some people like, Hey, we, we're getting a limo. You, you come with us. <laughs> and Kenton, I was just like, <sighs> and then when I did that, I thought, no, I'm not, I want to go. I don't want to go out and be social and be in a limo going from bar to bar to bar. Cause I'm like you, I, I drink a I do drink a little bit. I just, I had half of a drink Friday and no regrets. I love it. I woke yeah. up the next day, felt fucking awesome. Uh, and that's why I don't drink is for me. It's more of how I feel. Right. I, I smoke weed. I'm very open about that. Wait, what? I smoke weed. Oh, I love weed. Um, I might too. I love marijuana. Um, but anyway, the loneliness part, you know, I couldn't decipher what was grief, what was loneliness and where I was. And now that I've kind of worked through a lot of the grief part, I do want to be coupled, you know, like, like it would be on my list of my dream, my goals, but I don't need it. It's like, I, I want it. Like there's a desire um, someone asked me the other day, do you prefer being married or single? I said, well, the, you know, I'm single right now. So I prefer what I am right now, but not because I'm single. I just prefer, you know, I live in the now. I try to. But when I got really honest with that question, I said, I prefer marriage or 
being coupled in a committed partnership. Yeah. And I don't know all the answers of why, but you know, part of it is that, you know, the search is over. You don't have to keep looking, keep wondering, you know, there's the certainty I've got someone I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think all the natural reasons, but how has loneliness been a journey for you where, cause I think, you know, I've talked about this before. Um, you don't mind being alone. I don't either, but I do definitely enjoy when people are here. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, I, I like a tight circle. Uh, you know, I like to entertain. Um, you know, looking back, I would always be the like, I wouldn't always, but I would plan a lot of get togethers, whether it's a Super Bowl party or whatever. Yeah. But I would get people together, organize poker games and things like that. And I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed that until I cut myself off from it. Mm. And for me, it was my second divorce. Like, it validated everything from the first divorce that I'm a monster, um, I'm horrible. Um, and, you know, so I took on all that. I, I, I allowed other people to frame me in their vision and made it my own. Yeah. So I believed that I was a horrible piece of shit. Yeah. And, and, or I guess it's kind of a beauty and the beast. Now that, I'm, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it this way, like, I like in order to protect the world, I'm going to go in a cave and hide. Um, I came out for work and I came out for my daughter and I was very alone. And that goes back into my childhood. You know, I was a latchkey kid, like most people, my age, my generation. And I judge myself against them like the healthy latchkey kids that were okay with it. And, you yeah. know, I, I, I was alone as a child. And then when my parents got divorced, I was even more alone because my mom already worked, but then the divorce came and she worked three jobs and I was, they got separated when I was in sixth grade. So 10, 11 years old, we'll call it. Yeah. And my brother is older than me seven years older so he's 18 he's off doing his own thing and i'm left in this big middle class you know good size middle class home all by myself and i learned to survive i learned how to cook i learned how to do laundry I, you know it was expected of me too right. because nobody else was doing it like i said my mom's working three jobs she needs clean clothes so why not me do it right yeah. And so I was raised by television again, like a lot of kids my age, but the comparison that always drew me even deeper into that hole was everybody else is okay. Like they're functioning fine. They, they, they thrived in it maybe. And here I am surviving in it. And it was that emotional connection that it's taken me a long time to to accept. And I still don't accept it a hundred percent. Like I was neglected as a child. Yeah. And that seems so, I don't know what the right word. It, 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 
I don't know the right word, but yeah. victim. It seems yeah. like I'm such a victim from that. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling, but it's a truth that I do have to recognize. Like I needed an emotion. I was a sensitive kid. Yeah. I needed that emotional support and stuff and it wasn't given. So fast forward again to the divorce, the second one where I, I was like, yeah, everything that everybody says is true about me. I'm horrible. So I locked myself, you know, not a dark cave in the literal and physical sense that you did. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I shut people down. Like people left me in that divorce and I left people too. Yeah. And it was a, I didn't realize it was a cry for help, but it was a, it was the muted cry for help. Like yeah. nobody could hear it. And probably the people that did hear it, I wasn't hearing them come back at like i'm here to help and yeah. i didn't hear that so um it took a i went through a transformational course um i was dating a gal and she she saw something in me that i refused to see in myself and i think this i think you i've been through this process i think it would do you wonders and so of course i I shoved her away and like, get out of here with that nonsense. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm reading self-help books yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and taking zero action on those self-help, <laughs> you know, trying to positive think my way out of shit. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work for me, but I went, I, two, three months later, I finally said, all right, we'll try it. Yeah. And it was really the catalyst to like, I'm choosing this life. Yeah. I'm choosing to be a victim. I'm choosing to ha ha throw this. This is the longest party, you know, yeah. the longest pity party, I think, ever in my history, at least. But, and I realized like how much pressure I'm putting on this beautiful daughter of mine yeah. to fill a hole in me and all that pressure that I was putting on her. I, it, it it broke my heart. Like I can't expect her to make me happy. Right. You know? So it was a, that loneliness created the desire in me to want to connect again. And yeah. I realized like throwing a pity party because people aren't calling me. Like, why am I not calling them? If I want to connect, connect. Right. And so it forced me out of that new comfort zone of you know but even in that that took me back to my childhood where i numbed out watching tv um yeah. i numbed out with alcohol uh no i shouldn't say that necessarily because i don't drink i never have been a fan of drinking alone my 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 dad's father was an alcoholic so it was always feared that i could easily be one too but yeah and I never liked the feeling of drinking alone, but I would smoke a lot of weed and numb out that way and just, yeah. you know, not feel anything. And yeah. then the transformational seminar that I went through really taught me that it's okay to feel and <laughs> like all the physical, literal weight that I was carrying, if I felt it, it would go away. Yeah. Just emotion, right? right? Like move through my body. And, but now, yes, now I'm, I'm perfectly healed. I'm ha I'm healthy. Nothing can go wrong in my life. <laughs> and that's a lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, but, uh, 
I still battle with loneliness. Like, and now I'm in a three month seminar course or not seminar, but three month course to grow my coaching business. And we were again asked to give up a vice and I knew the masturbation and pornography vice that I had just given up wasn't enough um, because of TV. Like I could always go back to that comfortable television yeah. to keep me safe, keep me confined and not go out and risk any, inter- inter- any injuries. Yeah. And that's been a fucking challenge. Like yeah. I, I said, I can give this up when I'm alone. I'm not willing to give it up when I have my daughter because, you know, she's 13, but still trying to entertain a 13 year old in a pan post ish pandemic is difficult. So it was like, give me a break. Yeah. And so, but it's been a challenge. Like it has forced me into realizing that I'm not comfortable still being alone. Like I love my downtime as long as I can numb out in that downtime. Interesting. Yeah. And are are you open? Maybe we can do this in another segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about the other worldly experiences that I've I've done. But we'll we'll just say this. I had an out-of-body experience <laughs> and that next day I was super tired. And I wanted to come home, turn on the TV so I could take a nap. And yeah. so I said, no, I can't do that. So I took a nap. I woke up, had that same react, like just turn the TV on and fall asleep to it. It doesn't count right. if you fall asleep to it. Right. So instead I turned on some meditation music and slept for four hours. Then that, that whole day, like I went and got some, something to eat. I came home. I have a small little apartment deck that I, that I sat out on, made myself some warm tea or some hot cocoa. It doesn't matter. And I sat out there and I read and I was like, if this was the rest of my life, would it be enough? And in that moment it was yes. And it's hard to get back into that moment. Like, cause I want, I want to share with people. Yeah. And just because I live alone doesn't mean I can't share with people. Right. And so Last night we talked about, it. I was in bed at eight 30 reading a book yeah. and that's not cool, yeah. but it felt right. Right. And so why, why, why deny myself of that feeling? Right. Yeah. And that's what, that's my journey into accepting my alone. Yeah. And I, I don't need somebody to complete me. Right. I want somebody that we, I don't even know if complete each other, but like compliment each other. Yeah. Like our completedness complements each other. Yeah. And because I've been in relationships, I have two, two ex-wives that will testify (laughs) under oath that I was alone even with them. Yeah. And it just, it goes into that worthiness that, that I would say 99% of the population has is that worthiness am i enough conversation yeah and i'm here to tell you yes we are all worthy we are all enough we just have to remember it because we have forgotten it yeah i think that's why Brene brown's teachings have you know been so well received and and is this whole idea the shame and the guilt you know that i'm not enough right i mean that's kind of i think Matter of fact, she may have written a book. I'm enough. Or you're enough, or somebody's enough. 
<laughs> and and that's such a and I find myself needing to hear that and also it's a thing that i send to my friends sometimes like i'll be thinking about them and i'll send them a message say hey just want to let you know you're enough you know yeah and i always get a real positive response you know from that um and and it, it, it that's part of my my religious unraveling right the because with that i am i'm not enough jesus is enough yeah that's why you got to accept him because your sorry ass ain't ain't enough jesus will make you enough that's right well, we've come to the to the end of the podcast, and it went as well as I thought it would go. And I know that we could sit here and talk. <laughs> if I didn't have a bunch of appointments today, we could continue to talk. Uh, and so I want to like tease everybody here with this because it this is <laughs> frankly this is one of the things I was really excited to talk about. But we'll just do a full episode on just this. Is you've done something that I've wanted to do and have done a lot of research on, and that's the ayahuasca. You've done. You've had multiple ayahuasca experiences and that has led to a, a rekindling of the relationship with your uh father and so i i really want to have you back because i know everybody listening is like well fuck yeah timmy i want to hear about that fucking ayahuasca yeah, stay, um, stay tuned in six months yeah it'll be <laughs> it's geez because uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious about ayahuasca, and and we also have a mutual friend that that does another heart opening kind of a thing, and and I'm very interested in that one because I think I was told that you don't get sick, um, and that's the one thing that most people leave out of the ayahuasca story. I've I remember what I found it out. I researched so deep that I finally found someone that mentioned like mm -hmm. that you will most likely throw up and maybe get the shits and not everybody does, but the majority I think is how I heard it or at least. Yeah. I mean, there's a good <sighs> chance it'll happen. There's, and this was what was brought up in my last one. Yeah. And you know, the purge is the blessing. That's right. The purge, right. The purging is the blessing and it shows up in different ways, but most likely in liquid form. No. And you know, the journey I am somebody that is very cautious about my bowels. Yeah. <laughs> and so the idea of me potentially shitting myself was scary. Yeah. But I, I trusted the journey more than the fear. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, spoiler alert, I didn't shit myself. Oh, cool. I did a lot of shitting, yeah. but never on myself. Right. So, um, but that's, that's how one specific journey went was a lot of purging through the number two yeah and this last one was a lot of purging through what i in the moment perceived as vomiting but it it wasn't when was i woke it? up my trash pail was empty with the exception of some spit that i spit up and yeah. but it it's all an energetic feel yeah. like obviously when you're when you're purging through the south end you know you can see it and feel yeah. it but uh yeah it, it's a beautiful journey i don't know how i could do it in the jungle yeah without like modern facilities around but uh i imagine that would be a mess that would be crazy <laughs> well that's but been, yeah, yeah it's it's been a, a beautiful wonderful experience that i'm happy to talk about and yeah the relationship if my dad ever found out why our relationship's getting better <laughs> it would probably get shut down pretty quickly <laughs> but um so yeah, if if you know me, don't go 
sharing this yeah, with my yeah. dad, especially the next one. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's great. I it's just another it's a tool. Yeah. It's not a recreation. No. It's a tool. And I don't know anything about the other other experience. Um, don't know if I ever will. Yeah. But uh it's it's I'm a firm believer in anything that we can do, anything that I can do to expand my mind in a healthy way, I'm all for, especially when it comes to earth medicine. Like Absolutely. LS, I've never done LSD, so I don't yeah. have You're any in psil psilocybin? Is I it, have, Which yeah. is mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I haven't ever had real strong reactions to that. Yeah. Um, I've tried. Yeah. You've tried to see Jesus. And <laughs> tried, yeah. And um, never have had a real, not... I'll say I've never had a positive experience with it as far as like eye opening, right? Third eye Life opening. Altering. Yeah. It, it was all like when I've done it, it's, and I've never done ecstasy either, but I have a feeling of what that would be like where sure. I just, I petted myself the whole night and it yeah. felt good to touch. And, yeah. um, and so, but no, no, like life changing things have come from mushrooms. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming I haven't dosed myself enough. But. I, you know, I'm I'm also researching that, and um, but like you, for me, this isn't about uh, recreational party. Now, marijuana is ish for me. I mean, I just enjoyed it. Rather than coming home and have a glass of scotch or a glass of wine, I'll just do that. Yeah, you know, pop an edible or whatever, hit the dab pin. But um, psilocybin is something I'm I'm interested in for the same reason for more medicinal more emotional healing and and some of the things that i've heard people yeah. explain how it's helped them um i'm really interested in it well i would heard a lot of the podcast you know and i don't listen to joe rogan but i know he's like a real proponent yeah, yeah, the of dmt yeah. and which is a smokable version of it i guess yeah but like i kept hearing about it kept hearing about it and was like that sounds amazing. Like when can I get to the jungle and find that, find yeah. it? And I realize you ask the universe for something and you'll see the door is yep. there. It's always been there. Um, so I had put it out there that I was in search of mushrooms. And when I had that, cause I knew I could get my hands on it if I knew the right people. Sure. And with that request, open the door for the ayahuasca. And then I was like, okay, I'm listening universe. Yeah. And yeah, it is great experience. Like yeah. if, if you're in the mental cap mental capacity to do it and you're not afraid. Yeah. Um, I think if it was explained to me that it's like 10 years of therapy, 10 years of intense therapy in a night and it can be like that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I've done it three times. And the second time there was a lesson in there somewhere, but I don't know what it was. It yeah. was, it was an, it was a neutral experience. Right. I, at the time I viewed it as very negative, Yeah. but it was very neutral experience now yeah. that I've had time to reflect and gone back. So not necessarily bad, not necessarily good. Just kind of it felt like in all honesty, in, in the moment, it felt like a waste of my time and my money Yeah. and, um, brought up a lot of judgment of, the person that administered it yeah. and um you know i chose to listen to people 
that wasn't an accurate depiction of of this person's ceremonies yeah so i gave it a second try with him and turned out that that wasn't an accurate he is a he is a very strong fighter protector yeah uh, in that space because if not treated right yeah i i do believe negative energy can come in yeah um and that's the shaman's role is to as i understand it is to be that protector yeah and i felt very safe yeah and which made me reflect back into that second experience where i i felt like i didn't feel safe but i really did yeah it just i was clouded i think yeah and so um grandmother ayahuasca mother ayahuasca was just like we're not going to present you with something tonight i think yeah you know and then this last one i got presented with a lot gut punched nut punched yeah anywhere she could punch (laughs) me that could hurt she did and it was just yeah (laughs) it was just as i it was everything that i needed and um you know, I'm still processing it. I think that was three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And there's still a lot of stuff that I'm processing through with it. And, you know, the friend that asked me about how much more am I going to grow? He does not like the fact that I continue to go do this. And I know, I know in my heart that when I no longer need it, I'll no longer do it. Right. And it's come back several times, or not several times, but it's come back and it's like, I'm not feeling going this time. Yeah. Um, you know, so my busy schedule, it's got a match. And so when the universe, me wants it, it comes when I'm free. And yeah. so it, uh, you know, I have every option to do it two nights usually, yeah. and I've never done it two nights in a row. Yeah. So it's not an addiction. Right. If anything, I'm addicted to the growing and to the expansion of my mind and yeah, you know, seeing the world differently. And like you were talking about with, with people being healed or you're the people in the church are the same as the people outside of the church. We're all connected. Yeah. And we allow society to keep us separate. Yeah. And that's, that's been the biggest takeaway. And then the big, the greatest takeaway from this last one was like, she she made it abundantly clear to me that i'm enough yeah and you know i like to use in my coaching perfect whole and complete yeah because we are yeah but then there's that little voice in the back of the head they are but you're not yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um this was like you stupid son of a bitch (laughs) you are perfect whole and complete you are enough yeah and yeah, I've been embracing that energy this time around. And that's good. Uh, not not every day is it easy. I lose my temper. I get pissed off. I have expectations still. Yeah. But I have I have that to go back to and be like, I'm enough. Yeah. Stop awesome. stop trying to be something else. So yeah. so in all that, you know, if you didn't get enough then, maybe you'll get more yeah. <laughs> in the future. So so that everyone can connect with you if you're okay with it. Uh, yeah. How, if someone's out there and they need to be, uh, they need some coaching, how can they get a hold of you? Do you have a Facebook page, Instagram, or? Yeah, right now, I you can follow me on Facebook at Kenton Turpin. Hey. <laughs> and I have an Instagram, um, loved, loved by Kenton. Oh, cool. So L O V E D by K E N T O N. Okay. 
and uh, that name will probably be changing soon. I I had it. Never mind. Nobody needs to hear that story. <laughs> but um, as my coaching continues to grow, that will be more of my coaching page than what it originally was. And cool. So with that, will come a name change eventually. But cool, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the on the podcast, man. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you for having it, me, Tim. Yeah, it's been a blast. Cool. Sweet. Thank you, guys.